0: You're listening to Fireside with Founders, the podcast that gives you a behind the curtains look at some of the world's coolest startups and their amazing founders. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Fireside with Founders. This week, I'm joined by Steph Hamill, who is CEO and co founder of Metanoon. Hey, Steph, how are you doing?
1: Hey, hey, how are you doing?
0: Really good. Thank you so much for joining me. Great to have you on today. So, Metanoon are a a consultancy that are focused around human-centred sensory AI, is my understanding. Now, to a lot of people, that's going to be fairly meaningless, perhaps, but um, perhaps perhaps you could tell people a bit more about what you guys do and, I suppose, what all of that means.
1: Absolutely, no problem. So, hi, thank you for having me today, first and foremost. Um, So, at Metanoon, um, we... Uh, we consider ourselves the world's first sensory AI design company. And what that means is uh, we combine AI and human-centred design with creative innovation um, to develop and and create high-value products and services that solve business challenges um, and also deliver solutions um, at a human-centred level uh, that ensure that businesses not only excel but also people get the added benefit too. Uh, So what that means, um, we leverage AI, uh, branding, design, technology uh, and partners in our ecosystem uh, to create uh, new lanes of capabilities that build transformative solutions uh, and look to amplify and accelerate uh, business impact, growth trajectory and also um, human augmentation for good.
0: Nice. Very good. Much, much clearer and succinct than I would have ever been able to put it. So thank you. Um, so look, before we we jump into uh, sort of full sort of your know, questions and your history about where you've come from and everything like that, um, something I've been doing is a bit of a quick fire round um, after a few questions, if you don't mind. And uh, excuse excuse the question, I've tried to keep them closely aligned to, to what you're doing. Um, so first and foremost, not that closely aligned, uh, dogs or cats?
1: dogs and cats
0: dogs. and horses oh and horses okay you get on with my wife she's uh she's big into horses Fair well, enough.
1: All, all of all of them all of, all them of we'll the animals pygmy goats at the moment pygmy okay. goats are the ones that i'm really hankering for
0: okay well there you go um so digital or offline
1: okay uh again that's that's not a yes or a no that's a both i can't you can't go one or the other you need both
0: uh, you, you're doing me here really you're not going to answer any of my questions this is going to be a tough interview this is like a uh paxman gone wrong uh, when he uh, <laughs> didn't get didn't get what he needed honest. Um, yeah that's fair enough um design or development
1: oh neither creative innovation ideation okay idea ideas okay. all
0: about ideas all about ideas a human or machine
1: human augmentation
0: okay I like what you've done there (laughs) you have literally answered none of my questions but that is perhaps poor questioning from me so on that note we'll move on Uh, (laughs) so so that I know from speaking to you previously you've got um, you've got a really interesting history in terms of your background of where you started um, and your career to where you are now so it'd be great if you could talk our listeners through sort of where, where you came from sort of early days and, you know, a bit more about your journey as to, to how you got to where you are now.
1: Um, okay, so I had a, a completely bizarre, um, you know, journey to, to, to where I am now. It's definitely not the standard or typical that you'd expect. Um, I had I struggled at school, didn't really fit in. Um, was quite combative with teachers, didn't like the way things were done. Uh, In hindsight, had, you know, I had the opportunity to go and maybe work directly with people at a very young age, I'd have got a lot more out of it rather than the kind of... I I disagree with the education system as stands because I believe in the four pillars of education, the fin effect. You know, you've got creative... um, So you've got IQ, CQ, PQ um, and EQ. And if you you, um, embrace the four pillars and you ensure that... Um, you know the education environment fosters an environment to you know teach people how to be more robust or gives them the space to find their own kind of flow what you tend to get uh, are people who are more open to opportunity or growth and have a growth mindset And that's something that we don't really teach at the moment and and it tends to be people with more access You know, the the families who are able to provide sports, um, you know, training or musical um, education and and things that that create that kind of wider um, opportunity space for growth and personal growth. That's something that we're massively missing. And I didn't understand those opportunities until I was much older. So my journey was me trying, I felt like a square peg in a round hole a lot of the time. Um, I tried to fit into lots of different spaces. Um, I had countless times people saying to me, I don't understand what you do. I, I can't tell people what you do, Steph. I want a label. Why can't I just put, like, why can't you just stay at one company? Um, And for me, it was like, well, no one's really, you know, getting me going. No one's firing me up. No one's really stretching my my capacity to do stuff. If I ever tried to push things, I was seen as a bit of a rebel, causing trouble and and pissing people off, sorry. Um, But that, you know, that was, and I, I, it was a difficult kind of situation because I was never feeling fulfilled. Um, And I worked in advertising for a long time for my sins, um, where I try, I was a bit of a hybrid and I did creative thinking, innovations thinking, I was very much in the digital space, but I was hugely enthused and in, in interested in human behavioural science. And I got to work with um, quite well-known neuroscientist and human behavioural science um, specialist, you know, not just applied advertising behavioural science, we're talking proper behavioural mm. science. Um, And it completely transforms my way of thinking. And you've got, unfortunately, you've got these really kind of prescriptive ways that that agencies do that formulaic creativity. And and it's just kind of, it doesn't really sit right because it's all, you know, just a formula and it's forced. Um, Whereas in science, what you tend to find is this, this area of, very formulaic thinking. And when you get a spark of creativity, they kind of run and hide from it as well. And this is something that I keep seeing, you know, the arts and science and technology are all very much in their own lane as siloed entities. And my journey was dipping into each of those and trying to personally kind of pull them together and not really getting there. Um, so what happened was setting up my own business with some co-founders who had a similar mindset seemed like the only thing to do. And then obviously when you're amongst peers who do, who maybe have similar kind of method, methods and, and, and methodologies and ways of thinking, you, you start to discover a tribe, you start to discover a community. Um, and there are people out there doing similar things, but nowhere near enough. Um, so my, yeah, as I said, my journey, really convoluted and uh butting my head a lot of the time so you know what's the only thing to do in that circumstance make a new make a new uh horizontal make a new area and that's what we've done
0: nice and so was it a case of you felt that in terms of the traditional sort of you know, agency model working in those businesses they they generally have a, a view of the type of face that fits in those environments and do you feel that it was um, that 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 wasn't quite the fit or what was the?
1: Oh no, actually. Uh, so it was a, a combined uh, situation of the people, very closed mindset. I think I wrote an article a little t- a while ago or no, I was, I was on radio. Um, one of the quotes was um, advertising as diverse as the house of commons. I think it was, it was something like that. Um, about and, right. and, the problem, and, and, and this is, this is not a, a kind of new conversation. This is something that comes up a lot at the moment. And, um, You'll only get new ways of thinking if you mix up the melting pot of thinkers, right? And it's not just about diversity, it goes so much further than just kind of diversity as a catch-all word. It's, you know, there's a reason that, um, you know, ad agencies are just pouring out the same stuff, right? Or, Or they'll occasionally do something that's really cool. They'll take a bit of tech and they'll apply it. But ultimately, what are we doing? We're selling people things that they don't need for a living, right? And for a lot of people, there's a big shift. That doesn't sit right anymore. You know, I didn't feel happy selling someone another bottle of shampoo that's just gonna end up in landfill or in the sea, okay? My skills, my my skills that I've learned from advertising is not taking anything away from my time in advertising. You know, I wasn't the right fit. Um, But there are things that we can do as human beings. And I think there's a big shift that we can actually do better not just for ourselves you know my soul feels better now that i'm not doing that but also as a, a collective as a community as as a society as a whole let's repurpose our skills let's challenge the status quo um and there are lots of things that we're doing metanoon and another business a couple of businesses i'm involved in where we are doing that and we are shifting and we are using our skills for collective good
0: I think you mentioned the other day uh, in terms of looking at talking of your other businesses um, there and you're selling more shampoo and more plastic going into the ocean. Uh, you have another business whereby you're creating toothbrush heads, I believe, with, made of bamboo. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So this one's a bit hush hush because I'm sure someone's going to nick it. So um, what we have at the moment with uh, with uh, toothbrush heads is their closed loop. And if anyone knows about closed loop recycling, uh, what often happens is those... Pieces of, 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 um, of recycling uh, tend to go into recycling bins when people haven't read the box properly and contaminate the recycling. And then the people who are meant to be sending them back to, um, to the recycling kind of all the people they bought them from, the uptake is incredibly low. So it's it's basically a lovely bit of spin over a problem where I think the statistic from last year is 256 million. Um, single-use plastic toothbrushes, toothbrush heads were put into landfill or the sea in the UK alone last year. So, you know, the way we approach things, Steve Jobs is well known for it, uh, Impossible Labs do it really, really well. What they do is they, they retrofit the problem. Okay, what is the, 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 the problem? You, you read the papers. So in, in our household, we get all the papers, we've got all the subscriptions. <laughs> um, and, uh, at the weekends, you know, one of us is on an iPad, one's on a laptop, one's actually got one, the physical one. And, and I'm taking screenshots of newspaper headlines and digging a bit deeper. And, and you know, that's why I saw the toothbrush one. I was like, Oh my God, we can do better. Right. And, 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 There are so many of us out there who have kind of been ground down by our day to day to think, oh, you know, I'm just one person. I can't make a difference. I completely disagree. One person can make all the difference. And that's that's where tech for good comes into its own. One person with one idea who harnesses the power of technology can change the world.
0: 100 percent. Couldn't agree with you more there. And I, I think that that sort of leads nicely into um the sort of another topic of conversation is looking at what you guys do uh, at Metanoon and generally just i suppose looking at um ai as a, a whole um and there's there's a lot of noise around ai at the moment generally i mean pe- it, it becoming a, more of a thing in vertical and yeah. uh, people yeah, yeah. using it for all sorts of different things and um yeah there's there's arguments that it's it's good it's bad indifferent um but i think definitely if you channel it in the right way uh, in my limited knowledge of ai then it can be an extremely good thing um, it can you know solve solve hunger solve debt you know solve solve right. you know, yeah. illness all sorts of great amazing things that can be done by using ai but making sure you're humanizing it still so um i'd love to get your right. thoughts on on that and you know what are the the key things that you think that ai can be used for good.
1: Okay, so 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 first and foremost, AI it comes across as this this all encompassing kind of you know robot from the future. It's going to come and steal our jobs. You know, it's man versus machine. I should say human versus machine. I'll get told off by my uh, my best yeah. friends for that. My friends, human versus machine. And um, you know, I, I did I, I did something with the guys at Wired magazine last year, and one of the quotes that came out of it is actually, you know, our best future. Um, you you know is it's no longer man versus machine our best future is human and machine okay um and there you know there are a number of 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 kind of headlines that we hear then the newspapers love doing it right they you know make a little bit fear and desire they're our key drivers right and they love kind of creating that fear and then also the desire of all but what could it become Mm -hmm. so you know we're caught we're all caught in this in this weird space and I've been really lucky. I got to work at a company like Capita and I got to work with people like Doug Brown, Terry Verdi, Matt Stag, um, you know, Peter Rogers. All of these people are technology um, champions, okay? But the way that they deliver it is they look at creativity in, in, a, in a really kind of inclusive way. And their, their education to me, and it was very much a kind of kinesthetic education. I learned on the job with them. And... What happened was um, a lot of what they talk about, a lot of the language that's used around AI, it's misleading. Okay, and I'm actually current. I've just finished writing a book, and it's called "But What the Hell Does AI Mean for Me?" and it just kind of lifts the lid on on what AI means for everyday human being, like, you know, what does it mean for me? What does it mean for me in my work life? What does it mean for me in my healthcare? What does it mean for me in my home? What's it going to mean for me with education and money, right? And we break it down. And what I've done is I've actually, every chapter is specifically on a different area, but everyone that I've spoken to, I've got a quote from a different um, AI expert for every section. And it's a completely different take on, you know, what it's going to mean for day-to-day life. But at the same time, I didn't want to frighten people with the things that can happen and the possibilities and the reality is you know we are a very long way away from anything scary happening um and also there's the possibility it could be 50 50 that uh ai will actually do really positive things for us and that we will augment in a a very good way but um the examples of groundbreaking approaches to ai are already Rolling. So, for example, Microsoft, you'd expect this. They pride themselves in championing tech for good in general, uh, but they also specifically provide technology resources advice uh, to those seeking uh, humanitarian issues resolve uh, or, um, uh, you know, using AI to create sustainable living opportunities or and, and all of this on a global scale. Uh, But they also unlock accessibility. So my eldest son, he wears hearing aids. Got measles when he was little, and most people have no clue to speak to him. And one of the things, as a family, we we made sure that we provided him with all of the things that overcame that. You know, he's reading physics at Bath at the moment, and he, you know, plays three musical instruments. Grade eight, (laughs) he's incredible. But 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 typically, you know, having a hearing impairment like that. If you don't have access to accessibility support, you wouldn't have those opportunities. He wouldn't be playing sport like he's doing and, and, and you know, learning in the way he does. So, you know, on a global scale, companies like Microsoft are providing, um, you know, resources that are going to change the world on a, on a huge societal level. But these are quite sweeping statements. You know, what does this mean at a granular level? Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and all this big impact and change, it stems from the smallest thought, you know, and I like to think that this is the key, creative thinking, creativity, ideation, desire for better, you know, and, and everyone feeling like their opinion matters, that their their talents count. Okay. And this, again, comes into things like the four pillars of of, of, of education that are key. Um, and you know, making people feel valued. Um, and you know, I recently connected with a chap called Louis Rosenberg. He's a tech giant um, and leader of Unanimous AI. Um, and their secret source is something called Swarm. Now, this is this is fabulous kind of bit of AI. Uh, Swarm is the world's first AI platform that amplifies uh, networked human intelligence. Wow! So this is wow. this is full human augmentation. And by looking to nature. Uh, and replicating biological principles. So um, in AI, so think like flocks of birds, uh, you know, a a flock of birds travels um, and and migrates from one place to another, schools of fish, uh, and my favorite, obviously bees, swarms of bees, all right. Um, And, you know, combining the knowledge uh, and wisdom, insight and intuition. Intuition is a whole other conversation that we could have to be perfectly honest. But harnessing all of those, the outcomes, provide a a, a more accurate forecast um, predictions decisions insights um, and this is all about human augmentation as well we can replicate that so um, swarm AI what they the platform it empowers any group to maximize their human you know faculties and capabilities and it blends it with deep science um, and it reaches optimal decisions uh, with an incredible incredible efficiency. Um, and, you know, for example, if uh, what was it the other day, I, I, I saw something the other day that if you put a 20 pound bet on a horse race with their, the, 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 horses that they predicted, you would have won something like 10, $20,000. Uh, Cause you know, and, and, and not one of the people in the test group had actually um, got the right four in the right order, but together, when all of the different statistics were in and all of the votes were in, it was the group, um, you know, the crowd uh, who provided the right answers. So, you know, that's just one example, okay, of of a type of AI using our human capabilities and capacity for greatness, Mm -hmm. and just being the provider and funneling that for us in a really, you know, defined way. Which is like, well, it's already all in here. Human beings, we've got it all already. We just haven't been using the right tools to get us to the maximum impact and to the best space. And that's something that, um, you know, Metanoon does quite well. Uh, You know, we, what we do is we look at the human challenge. And one of the big things that you often find in tech companies and digital as a whole is people will talk about tech features right oh look at the features on my phone you know look at the features on the website look at the features that were built who cares about you you know the, the tech features I want to know about the human benefits so okay so the tech features on my phone um yeah what does that mean for me a bit like what I'm doing with the book right so okay so voice I can just do voice Okay, cool. How about, why can't Google um, Assist? Why can't I just talk to Google Assist in the morning and say, hey, Google Assist, can you go through my email account and my phone? And could you just put everything into order of priority according to what you think it might look like? And it's not saying that that's like the definition of how your day must run. But it's like, can you do some heavy lifting for me on the data? You can scrape through it and it can flag up and go, well, actually you've got this email in here that says you're going to have a call with you know Steph at midday on Thursday 20, 25th of February but it's not actually in your calendar do you want me to put that in is it still going all of the data is there so I'm kind of wondering why we haven't got these kind of these systems already in place and this is what things this is where a creative thought someone who's looking at a problem and retrofitting the solution Mm-hmm. Um, it is actually a really valuable way of looking at things. Um, and it's something that we do really well at Metanoom. And also but, we test our, hop- uh, our hypothesis and we test it fast.
0: Which is key. You've got to which keep testing key. everything as you go. Everything. And one yeah. of the things you mentioned there is that I think really interesting, you know, Microsoft, as you say, being a key player in the AI space. And you know, I even see it, you mentioned emails, you know, things coming in there that I see every every morning. I can't even remember the name of. The, the tool but it tells me there are conversations where I've had an email saying I'll do this or I'll send that and yeah. I haven't done it and it tells me you know you yeah. said you were going to do this you need to do this and you do that and it, it's just amazing to be able to start doing that if you can harness it in a, uh, a more fashioned way then yeah. it's going to be even more beneficial.
1: So, so there, there are going to be huge shifts in voice so we work with an incredible company called Say It Now. Uh, hi Charlie Maria. Um, and uh, they. They, they've done something fantastic on the Amazon platform. They also do it on other platforms. But, you know, there's a huge shift towards using human sensory behavior. And that's that's one of our kind of secret source spaces, sensory AI, where we take uh, human interaction behavior. And, and, and to think that there are only five senses is actually really quite misleading. We have many more than that because they all integrate into different in different ways. Intuition is considered a sense. You know, your gut um you know intuition and instinct you know there's data that suggests that what you eat for breakfast affects your microbiome that then affects your decision-making in your brain during the day so you know to think that all of these parts of our bodies are not interconnected with our thinking and then our behaviors is a really kind of short-sighted view um, and I do have some some ter- terrifically pragmatic friends who think that you know uh you know this is nonsense or or uh, they don't necessarily agree um but what I'd like people to do is maybe open up their thinking process to say okay well what would I like to get out of this? What would be the easiest thing in the world for me if I wanted to? Start? So it's great that Microsoft sends the alerts, right? Or you've done this much this week. You've had this much focus time this week, and that's that's great. But it is literally just scratching the surface. Yeah. And I think that's one of the key things that we have with um, the way we've got this siloed capability. You know, we've we've got all these horizontals, tech, creative, innovation. You know, they're all they're all siloed, and when when you do that, what you often get and, and, and this is a, a predated way of doing business that's kind of it needs to shift on, to be perfectly honest. Um, everything was about efficiency, getting from A to B really quickly. And, and actually, that really limits us in coming up with greater solutions for our issues. So you'll get a really big company like a Reuters, I'm not picking on anyone here, I'm just saying, you know, you're going to have a, big a company, company. Uh, like an ASOS <laughs> or any of them, right? And and what they tend to do is they have their kind of squads, their product teams, they sit over X you know, position and they crack on and they do an A to B efficiency uh, augmentation or amendment to the technology that then you know, make some impact on the human experience or the user experience in some way, right? But what that does is it means that you're only kind of scratching the surface on what, of the, the art of the possible, right? And what we tend to do is we tend to go, well, okay. Like, we're, we're, we're working with a company at the moment, I can't say who. Um, and, you know, we, we do a lot of research around who the users are, uh, what their needs are, um, and then we, we, we genuinely go nuts. We go, okay, how big can we go here? How much can we transform this? How is this going to make people's lives better? You know, how do we do that? Um, and then we retrofit our thinking. Sometimes it's a little bit radical for people, but if you don't think in new ways, you're just gonna get stuck with the same results and the same techs, tech functions and features that you've been getting for ages. Um, and getting those big businesses to get that mindset shift, the meta new mindset shift to human benefits over tech features and functions. Come on, guys, we know better than this. AI is our way of getting there.
0: I think that's true of anything that you're working. You've got to be looking at uh, what's what's the benefit, right? That's what everyone wants to know. It's all very good and and well selling on features, but no one, as yeah. you say, no one cares about features. It's it's how does this impact my <laughs> life? How can it yeah. make my life better, easier? Whatever it might be, um, absolutely. And so that's touching on some, of the, I suppose, some of the the positives. Now, it wouldn't be fair with, to do this without looking at some of the negatives in yeah. terms of, of AI and you know where it can be used in terms of the, the dark side, if you like. So, um, what what have you seen there that um, that might be some of the negatives?
1: So, so you may have seen recently that um, uh, that the you know banking theft. Um, you know these these very organized criminals used to approach or um you know attack people for large scale funds but actually now through technology what they've been able to do is steal from a multitude of people but smaller amounts that are less noticeable uh and this is a way of organized crime that's facilitated through technology you know that is just one that's the tip of the iceberg with it um and the thing is you know with every new technology, there are positives and there are negatives, you know, this is throughout history. And, and one of the key things that is, is really important um, and, it, you know, we mustn't lose this, is that if we don't look back, you know, we're not going to have the skills and the insight to move forward as well. Uh, you know, our history, how we've behaved, uh, periods of time, you know, peaks and troughs in history, they're all key to us understanding that actually we need to be respectful um, of technology and and we haven't always been you know look at the damage that we're doing to the planet because we've not shown respect to the industrial age and and now with everything moving so much faster we need to be more mindful of that uh, yeah, and it, that will only continue. So whether it's for, for the earth, for health, for education, democratization of wealth, which is a big one, uh, or for accessibility, you know, AI does have the capacity to um, to create ethical, scalable technology for a better, fairer world. Uh, and we can start to really solve some of humanity's toughest challenges, um, but also at the same time, there are always people, you know, this is human nature. There are always people who are going to try and take advantage um, of these technologies for things that are not fair or are unsavory or are, you know, not, not there's no place for, for this kind of attitude or behavior in this world anymore. But also, you know, there is a whole mindset shift. The reason we're still stuck in this loop of people cheating systems or not understanding is because the systems were corrupt already. So we need, again, it's this thinking bigger. Let's really tear up, you know, the rule book at the moment and go, how do we really fix this, guys? Let's work backwards. And in terms of in terms of policy now you know, there, there, there's a lot of issue here. At Metanoon, um, we looked at uh, one of the think tanks for for the UK government. UK government's actually we're we're the uk is pretty much leading in uh policy making around ai at the moment because they're taking a proactive approach covid has got in the way a little bit but hats off to the teams and what they're doing is they're getting think tanks to come up with reports around algorithms etc and there was a recent algorithm review was put forward and the government commissioned this think tank to do it um and i've you know having spoken to lots of, of peers in the states it's definitely not happening over there in the way it is here. It's being left to, you know, the Googles of the world. It's being like, you know, I love Google for a lot of different reasons, um, but it's being left to them to actually inform policy. Um, yes. and, it's and, dangerous. And it, it's not just dangerous, but also it, it means that, you know, we, we've all known for a while that the big businesses, they they really run the world. Right. Yep. Um, and 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 politicians uh, have to work around that and they have to manipulate that to make it work for society. Um, you know, someone on LinkedIn the other day was actually complaining about all of the politicians in the UK. And I had to kind of just put my hand up and go, dude. There are politicians who do great things. Right. First and foremost. But also, um, why don't you run for it? Yeah. If you are so sick of this, why do you? And the reason is we are crueler to politicians than we are to business leaders. Okay. 100%. And that's a really, really short sighted way of looking at it. We need to, to, we need to put as much onus on the business leaders as we do as the politicians. And the politicians actually seem, they, they get paid a hell of a lot less. They're the ones who seem to want to do some good. So actually let's give them the opportunity. Like, Okay, getting onto the politics conversation, probably not a good thing, but actually, you know, rather than the newspapers constantly putting the politicians down, let's look at some of the amazing things that have happened recently through technology. The way we have deployed the um, inoculation for COVID in the UK is just phenomenal. Look at how they've done it in Israel, highly dependent on technology to help them with with, with, um, the process. yes there were there were mistakes that were made with track and trace and all the rest of it mistakes happen mistakes happen in business every day they happen in your house every day okay we learn from them if you keep putting people over the coals and putting them down for making mistakes you're just going to get yourself stuck in a cycle in a loop of negativity but if we go okay right what are the key learnings from this and again it goes into this 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 societal change that we need to shift of kind of like okay where do we really want to get to how are we going to get to the ideal rather than the short term thinking and again, the policymakers, so Tirath, Jeff Green, one of my business partners, Mary King Dawson, she was my mentor for years. She's I'm still very close to her. These people are involved in a uh, number 10 digital committee uh, and internet commission. And um, and and Tirath, for example, advises on with the AI committee. And these these great minds are shifting, they're they're business people who have been brought into politics to advise. And it needs to speed up don't get me wrong like these 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 conversations have to speed up because the businesses are running away so fast and as i said this think tank that did this 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 um, report it's come back and there are still opportunities there for you know understanding it further around how algorithms work um but ultimately you know the way technology our understanding of technology will grow is that once we have a better understanding of it we can better un- understand the rules around it and how to make it work best for us but if we're still in this kind of backward way of thinking of a to b functions, then we're never going to get the right results there's always going to be short-term thinking so I'd love to see I'd love to see more businesses um, and business leaders actually getting involved with politics um, and putting their hands up going do you know what I'm going to stop complaining about this. I know how to run a business and I know how to run a business really well. I know how technology works. I know how to distribute infrastructure. You know, we need to see a shit, uh, you know, the, the, the thought of going into politics with my very bizarre background, you know, a lot of people go, oh, she moved around a lot. Or, and that puts me off completely. Right? I would ne- I, you know, I'd never want to do it because I'd never want to put myself under that kind of scrutiny. But there are other people out there who could do it. Who we need to do it. And it's a bit of a call to arms, okay? If you're going to keep complaining, do something about it.
0: Simple. Nice.
1: Get involved, involved with
0: policy. I think we're very good at complaining in this country. That's uh, yeah. part, of, part of our genetic makeup, as we like to sit in our armchairs and just moan about things uh, and get it all off our chest. So, okay, nice, good. Well, well, I'm, I'm conscious we're sort of running, running out of time slowly, but surely. Um, and normally at this stage, I would generally ask a question in terms of, uh, you know, looking at one piece of advice that you would give to, to anyone sort of looking at starting a business. But I feel actually it's probably more relevant to ask that question of looking at a one piece of advice that you would give to anyone who is looking to implement AI into their business or their lives, and how they can Go and about approaching that in the best possible manner to make sure they're getting the benefits from it.
1: Reverse engineer it. Just go, okay, what in it, you know, I don't know if this exists. Imagination kind of like, what would make my life better? You know, do I need to get time back? Okay, I I'm, I'm time poor. What systems can I implement that would free my time up so that I can feel more human? Right. And and we all, you know, we all it's not like we don't hear the the phrase i feel like a robot uh you know the number of times in the past where i've gone oh my god i'm I'm just becoming a robot i'm just a digital creature um it's not true it's not real but we feel like it right and and it's it's about retrofitting what's going to make my life better what's going to make me feel more human what's going to free up my time to allow me to be more creative allow me to be more human and you know, that's what I would ask. I'd be like, right, what what do I need in my life, and then I'm going to go and find it. Or if it doesn't exist, I'm going to go and help find someone to help me make it.
0: Perfect. I think that's exactly right. It's all about what what do you need. If there's not something, you, if you don't need it, you don't you don't need it. Don't get it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like and, and this is the thing right now. We you can test a hypothesis very very quickly. Rapid ideation is part of of, of what we do. And um, it's it's low cost as well. Uh, and one of my business partners, Hugo, he runs something called Innovation Cafe, and they ha- it's all about product design. And if you want to go and learn about product design, you know, I I just gave another lecture at Falm lecture at Falmouth the other day, and this was very much a cool to to the students, the MA students. It was like, guys, if you see an opportunity for you, it's going to be an opportunity for other people too. Go for it.
0: Perfect. Well, it's, Steph, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I could sit here and talk to you for another couple of hours, but unfortunately that's all we've got left. <laughs> like,
1: we've already done a couple of things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll have to have you back again. Uh, as Obviously this is a progressive subject and it's constantly evolving. So I'd love to talk to you again in the future. Um, if people want to follow you and your your journey, you're on LinkedIn. And I believe you're on Twitter as well um so they can find
1: all of the above is at, at stephannell
0: but, um, but actually
1: i really like phone calls so so if anyone wants to reach out and have a chat that'd be nice
0: perfect well thank you very much steph and uh, yeah have a have a good rest of your day
1: you too take care
0: once again a huge thanks to steph for coming on to this week's show um absolutely fascinating subject matter and quite frankly there wasn't enough time for us to talk about everything we wanted to get through so hopefully i look forward to welcoming steph back on the show in the not too distant future so we can uh, talk more about it as it all evolves next time i've got an amazing guest for you um mubash who is ceo and co-founder of lemlist um, not only talking about his journey in his business but where he's got to now which is just turning down a 30 million dollar funding round he'll be telling us all about why he's done that i look forward to uh, talking to him and hope you guys can join us then